welcome back to another episode of explain it slowly okay today we're gonna move it forward and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna jump right to the question and the question is what is a qr code go a qr code what does a, it stand for anyway a quantum receptor code no, no <laughs> i actually don't know what a qr code stands for um but you've you've most definitely seen them before um, and especially with COVID, everywhere <clears throat> now uses QR code. Yeah, um, and if if you if you need to know like what we're talking about specifically, it's not a barcode like you'll see on like packaging. Uh, I guess you could see them on packaging, but now, it's not. Yeah. It's not like if you buy something from a supermarket, there's a barcode on there with like numbers. vertical lines and the numbers underneath. It is not that, but it works in a very similar way. Um, so. A QR code is a two-dimensional version of that where you have a series of black and white dots, basically, arranged in a square. Um, And you'll notice on the top uh, left, bottom left, and bottom right. In all the corners. No, not all the corners. In just those three corners. uh, You'll have three large uh, square shapes where it's like a, a black square with a white square inside of it with a black dot in the middle of all of that. Mm-hmm. So you'll have three of those. Um, and then in the top right, you'll have a much smaller square that looks uh, similar, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so l- let's go through this. So the three squares help uh, the camera orient the QR code. So when the camera looks at this thing, it needs to be able to f- match it to a square um, and cameras weren't super smart like 10, 15 years ago when these things were invented. Uh, so we needed the simplest thing possible. So what a camera would do is take an image, turn it into black and white, first of all. Uh, like push those extremities to the max where it's like the darkest thing just becomes black and the whitest thing becomes white. So you have a only black and white image. No grays or anything like that. Uh, then you just need to find within that image those three squares. Because they're very obvious, like, things that you can match. It's black, white, black. Um, So once you find those three squares, you can draw a square around it. And you can rotate that square accordingly. So that way you have something that is right side up and easy to start reading. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. The other benefit of those three squares is it gives you the size of uh, the QR code. So you'll notice with um, regular barcodes the width of the lines indicates something. Mm. So for a QR code, um, all the dots are the same size, but you'll notice from those three squares, you have black, white, black for the, the, the squares themselves. And that gives you a cadence to kind of start reading on. Because then if you were to read it line by line from the top left, you'll have uh, black, 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 black for that first row. But the second one, you'll have black, white, black. Mm-hmm. white black to fill in the whole square mm-hmm. um so that will give you the size of the qr code and then you can start reading it so uh you can just take the blacks and the whites and interpret them as ones and zeros and if you'll go back in the history of explain it slowly we talked about ones and zeros a long time ago about how that can turn into letters and other things uh once you have a sequence of ones and zeros you can describe pretty much anything you want so QR codes, I think they have a few different types, um, and the type will be encoded somehow. I'm not too sure exactly what the process is. Um, and those types can say, hey, this QR code is for a URL. 
Mm-hmm. Meaning we probably only need seven zeros and ones to describe it. Like we don't need the full range um, to describe anything. We can encode everything else uh, separately. So we can have a very compact URL. Or it might describe some text, like a number or a sequence of some sort, kind of like a barcode. Um, or I think there's a third mode, and that's to represent kanji, because these were invented in Japan, and you need to represent complex characters sometimes. Um, and you want to represent those as compact as possible. Because the longer your message, the bigger the QR code needs to be. You've probably seen like very small QR codes, and then very, very large QR codes. That's not just because they blow up the picture well, and they no, stretch it out? Well, no. You'll notice those little squares are smaller compared to the whole thing. Okay. So that means it's a large bar. It's a large QR code. There's lots of little dots uh-huh. on one row. Okay. Right. Um, and the more dots you have, the more information you can store in them. So if you have a very small URL like HTTP colon slash slash explain slowly dot show, like that has a certain amount of characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, compared to HTTP uh, colon slash slash explain slowly dot show slash blah, 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 slash, blah, 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 question mark, blah, 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 blah. Like, you can make a very long URL. You've probably seen them in emails. Yeah. Uh, like, super long URLs. That's going to be a very large QR code as a result. Okay. Okay, so that's the that's one avenue that you can kind of um, determine the size. The other avenue is how much information do you expect to lose? So, since QR codes are out in the wild, they're not just, like, a link you can click on. Uh, there's a good chance that some of those black squares might get scratched off and be hard to read by the camera. And other of the white squares might be dirty and blacked in. Does that make sense? Okay. So, like, if someone were to take a Sharpie and every QR code they see, they, like, poke a little dot in a white oh, square, you'd imagine people. that would change the URL or cause would other it change, chaos. Would it change it or would it just break it? Because, well, like, it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, well, it might make it, it might break it, or you might Unless turn... they're really good, and they can, like, <laughs> strategically fill it in in the spot where, like, it will turn it into something else. Yeah, so imagine, like, you can turn Apple into Bapple, right? Yeah. Uh, and Bapple.com might be a domain that you control, and now it's not, instead of going to Apple.com, it's going to Bapple.com. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's no good in general. Like, there's all sorts of problems there. Um or it might just break it at which point it's no longer has any convenience mm-hmm. right you've you've destroyed the utility of uh that QR code um so uh a second slider you can kind of control when you're making these things is how much redundant information do you want to have so what i mean by redundant information uh this is a second copy uh that can help uh, the camera that's reading the QR code reconstruct the original URL if some of the information is bad. So, for instance, if I say uh, apple.com, apple.com, and one of them is bapple.com, you know something is up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so now if I say apple.com, 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 and one of them is bapple.com, mm-hmm. you know it's probably still apple.com, right? Okay. Because you have two copies that are, like, telling you otherwise. Okay. So there are much fancier ways of doing this without repeating yourself three times, um, where you can go ahead and have, like, single bits um, anywhere in the sequence of uh, error that you can recover. And there's a special sequence at the end called a checksum um, that or an error-correcting code that can go ahead and help you determine mathematically, if you were to add all these things up, you get this result. And if you don't get this result, this is how to reconstruct the original one. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And that can mean that 
you just have a little bit of extra information and you can reconstruct one error in apple.com. Whereas you can choose, hey, I want to be able to correct two errors, three errors, four errors, five errors. And that will make your message longer. Like it'll add extra complexity so your QR code will grow, but you can recover more and more issues in it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Um, so oftentimes people will take advantage of this and you'll see all sorts of QR codes with like a logo in the middle. Yeah, I was just They basically ask you said that. all these little squ little pieces of information in the smack middle of the QR code, uh, we're going to assume that they're Nothing. like impossible to recover because we're going to put a logo there and that logo is going to be who knows what when the camera reads it, right? So so a logo or an image of something has no meaning, like it's just to make it pretty. Yeah. Um and you'll notice it's immediately no, sesame. Okay, so good. And you'll notice immediately uh, when uh, this... Uh, I forgot where I was going. Sesame walked all over the keyboard and threw me off track. The, um, <laughs> the images, they don't mean anything. Yeah, so you'll notice when those images are read by the camera, as I described previously, everything is going to be turned into black or white. Uh-huh. Okay, so that image is going to be however colorful it is. It's going to be turned into either a black pixel or a white pixel. And that black pixel or white pixel I'm... is not necessarily going to match up with what the original dot of the QR code was. I've never seen it in color. So what are you talking about turning? The the image that's in the middle of the QR code. Yeah, normally... It's oftentimes in color. Oh, it is? Yeah. I, I was... Like all sorts of apps will go ahead and put something. I was always... I, I saw some fancy ones where, like, there's a little dinosaur or something. But, like, it's made of those little dots, though. Like, the dots are arranged in a way where it, it looks like it's a, a shape of some sort. Or, like, it's an image of some sort. Is that different from an actual image that you're talking about? Yeah, so I'm talking about, I think Snapchat does this. They'll put the profile icon in the middle of it. Oh, uh, okay. So that's, like, one way of, like, making it more... Like, this is not just a weird mathematical thing that looks so, ugly. So then by putting an, an actual image in it, you are losing... Those bits of information. Those bits of information. So mm -hmm. then does it make it harder to, like, mess it up? Or does it make it easier to mess it up? Well... Because now you have less, like, available... Bits. Bits to then fill with information. Yeah, so what you would have to do is you'd have to drag that slider when you're making your QR code, that hypothetical slider. Oh, to make it bigger? To say that, hey, I know I'm going to lose uh, 8 by 8 bits. Okay. I know I'm going to lose 64 bits, so make sure there's 64 extra uh, error correcting codes in this QR code to be able to recover that. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So, like, yes, there's a certain point where... If someone were to take like a thick Sharpie and scribble all over the QR code, you could probably lose all of it. Yeah. Like there's, we're not debating that, but we want to like be a little strong against the usual wear and tear, which is the basic idea. Mm -hmm. Or in this case, strong against uh, someone just like adding profanity in the, f in the, uh, in the form of an image and <laughs> smack middle of that QR code yeah. uh, to be able to recover from that. Because some of those pieces of that image might be correct, but most of them will not be. Mm -hmm. So you're you're bound to lose. You can just consider it lost. Um, so you'll need to be able to recover uh, that somehow.
Okay. Um, and it doesn't make it any harder. Like the whatever is reading the QR code is going to go through this process anyways to verify that the QR code is accurate. Um, because as I said, the last thing you want to do is like redirect someone to Bapple.com. Um, so you would need to make quite a few changes to be able to forge. Like you'll need to you'll need to be lucky that the QR code can be forged to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically the process, uh, or that's basically what a QR code is um, and how it's read. Cool. Is there like a place where like? It keeps records of all the QR codes that are ever made? No, so the QR code encodes the information itself. So that URL that you want to redirect people to, like say you're a restaurant and you have a menu. That's like a super common thing we're seeing nowadays. Yeah. Uh, They said, oh, scan this QR code for our menu. Um, So it's not like that restaurant went somewhere and said like, hey, I want my menu to be at this QR code. Uh They already have a website Uh and they basically just put their menu on that website. And the QR code is just pointing to the URL that will get them to that menu. Okay. So, um, so like, there's a place that you can go to generate a QR code? Like, yeah, they belong I'm, to somebody? Or? No, not at all. So, I, I'm sure there's tons of websites. There's probably tons of apps. You just punch in your URL, and it will make the QR code that matches that URL. You can make a QR code for anyone's URL. Like, you can make one for Apple.com if you want to. So, someone created this, no? Like... The QR code itself? Yeah. Yeah, so that was created a long time ago by... I don't know who. Do they make a lot of money? Or or do they not think it would blow up like it is today? Um, I certainly was hoping they would not blow up because they're kind of hideous. Uh, Just, like, put QR codes everywhere. Um, There's, like, much nicer technologies nowadays, thankfully. Um, But, yeah, they kind of did blow up... Uh, for better or for worse, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Better technologies, for instance, are NFC tags. So yeah. these are these are basically little circuits that don't have a battery or anything. Uh, but if another device can induce uh, energy into that circuit, that circuit will start operating. It will start doing something, um, and that circuit can give you back information. So this is how like um, tap to pay credit cards work or transit passes. Um, and a lot of devices now says, Hey, bring your phone close and then it will, something will show up. So, uh, NFC works with a very different technology, but it can do the same thing. It can give you back a URL, Mm -hmm. um, wirelessly and oftentimes with much nicer presentation, if that makes sense. Um, so that can go ahead and give you, uh, something much nicer to look at that other than a QR code and you get the same benefit. That said, QR codes work at a distance, which is both a benefit and, uh, a security danger like you can't have anything important in a qr code because you have to be very uh you can be at any distance as long as the camera can see it you're kind of good to go uh which means that some restaurants are very smart and they just make a giant qr code that your phone does not need to focus on right yeah. whereas the little tiny qr codes like you're trying to get your phone to focus and everything's out of focus if it's out of focus it can't read it so you need to like play with it and yeah the ones that do a giant qr code those always work yeah. So, because camera doesn't know, care how big it is. It's just looking, once again, for those squares. Mm-hmm. And those squares dictate how big each of the little bits are. Yeah, I, um, I learned of something recently, and I, I feel, and it makes me feel like we here in America are so far behind when it comes to, like, 
updating our how society functions and when it comes to like dealing with technology and stuff mm-hmm. and um and there, and I came across this because I was watching a video and on YouTube and this video was showing it's from China and it, they were showing like because of the pandemic there's a lot of like hands free things right you don't you know because at first we thought that the disease is being spread by things that we touch and things that other people touch right so then like here it's like everyone's wearing gloves or like when when you go out and buy something like the idea of touching other people's money or touching other people's credit card and things like that it could put us in danger and i i came across a video of it where like in china everyone is so progressed like even the street vendors on the road pushing their little cart has like either a QR code or one of those like tap to pay everyone pays with their phone like this is like a street vendor on the road you know Mm -hmm. it's not even like an established restaurant how like they all have these little devices that allow people to pay with just their phone without needing to like pull out any credit cards or any money or anything at all and and I feel like we are such a I don't know like a first world country in every or at least we try to think that we're like above everybody in every aspect but we fail so badly when it comes to like certain things you know Mm -hmm. yeah I, I mean it took us forever to get uh chip cards yeah like chip credit cards that are way more secure than the magnetic uh, swipey ones yeah um so yeah uh thankfully we got chip and tap to pay cards at the same time now yeah um but still a lot of places iron- don't use those don't accept them either mm-hmm. ironically enough the tap to pay aspect is kind of useless because my wallet is filled with tap to pay cards so i would never be able you to still just have to pull tap my tap my wallet on anything yeah um which is unfortunate uh, but well you mean you can tap all of those cards will get yeah, charged no like who knows which one is gonna get charged <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, I think it's good that we're finally getting close to it. It's good that companies like Square kind of exist mm-hmm. that are... Or at, Clover is another good one mm-hmm. too. Yeah, those have kind of taken over the restaurant space. Yeah. Um, and small vendors that are like not directly tied to, to main like power big, and yeah. of any sort. Um, like that is, that is a lot easier for people to start to be able to accept those kinds of things. But yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty behind behind yeah we're so behind on a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and i only realized it because of covid because like you know everything needs to be hands off now right Mm -hmm. and and then that's when it it hits as like oh we we only just developed the qr code for menus like like you know we only just started you know Mm -hmm. well we had tons of like menus could very well have been like a little thing in the table that says hey tap here and you get your menu yeah Uh, like every phone supports NFC. Yeah. Uh, but no, no one does. Yeah, that's that's that was one step too complicated to, to getting your printer out, blowing the dust off, and well, it's printing cheaper. Off some QR it's probably codes. cheaper to just print some menus, you laminate it, and then it's used forever versus mm-hmm. like yeah, it's just ugly software. Yeah, that's of all. course. Uh, like because like now nowhere uses uh, menus anymore. Anywhere we go, it's all tap your phone or scan something. Mm-hmm. You know. Which makes it really difficult for, like, people of the older generations. Like, we went out with your parents one time to a really nice uh, Japanese restaurant, and the menu was on the thing, and we end up ordering. There wasn't much to order anyway, because 
the menu was chef choice, meaning you put it into their own hands anyway. You let them decide the menu for us. Yeah, but the drink menu was on there. Yeah, so then like they they were having a hard time because there's no physical menus anymore. You know, only the the younger generations are easily you know are able to adapt easily. Like the older generations still expect mm-hmm. paper copies of something. Yeah. Not to mention, like, Lynn has T-Mobile, I have AT&T. Sometimes we go to a restaurant and we both scan the QR code. Mine never loads and Lynn's does load. Yeah. So it's like, well, I don't get a menu this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, at the, in those occasions, oftentimes the restaurant will, like, come by with, like, oh, here, here's our menu because they realize that it doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are, there are ways around it, thankfully enough. Um, maybe one day they'll get a menu that fits in an NFC tag and then you can just like scan it and there's the menu. Are those you know? expensive, the NFC tags? Oh no, not at all. Are they hard to program or anything? Oh or? no, not at all. No? Um, well, because you're a programmer, but I mean like... No, I mean the, techno- like- the technology is not expensive. Okay. It's, it's basically a programmable little chip that holds a URL, like some small amount of information. But I'm just wondering like from an, a restaurant's point of view who have no idea when it comes to technology, like would they be able to just buy a bunch of MSC and set it up? Or Because the QR code is easy. You just go into some website, you said, I want a, an image of this, so, and so that's that. You would have to imagine that someone would have to explain the QR code to the restaurant, right? Sure. If that person had explained the NFC and said, they would have been able to do that. Okay. So it's it's not complicated by any means. Uh, like theme parks and movie theaters were putting NFC tags in the cups for soda to prevent you from like getting a refill. But that's because all of those were owned by Coca Cola. Yes, but so you can imagine you can imagine the price of the actual thing itself if you can just plaster it on every single cup. Yeah, Does that it's make sense? so ridiculous. Yeah. So I think they stopped that. Didn't they, they did stop that because, because it was a it, bit ridiculous. It didn't really work. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what we're talking about, is a lot of uh, movie theaters used to have it like those fancy Coca-Cola machines where there's like a million options. And whenever you buy a soda drink, at the bottom of the soda drink, you don't see it. At the bottom of the cup, there is a hidden NFC uh, tag. So when you put the cup into the machine, it reads it and it allows you to choose a, a beverage option. But you can only use it once. So it prevents you from do, uh, getting refills. Yeah, so at theme parks, it was to prevent you to getting refills. At movie theaters, is to prevent you from asking for water and then filling it up with soda. Yeah, yeah. Because it costs the same thing. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, how do you think people... Petty, make... so petty. Yeah, but how do you think a lot of these industries make money? It's by selling soda. Yeah, seriously. Like you soda... sell a 10 cent thing for $5 and yeah. you, you profit off of that. Yeah, seriously. Um, the food you barely profit off of, ironically yeah. enough. And the um, food is grub. Like, it's... Just... No, I mean, like, at a restaurant. Oh, okay. Like, you go to a restaurant uh, and if you don't buy any drinks, the restaurant is... Could potentially be poorer (laughs) from your transaction. Like, you did not benefit the restaurant in any way. Yeah. Uh, But if you did buy drinks, then you benefited them greatly because they profit tremendously off the drinks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's how the business works. Yeah. You know? Gotta, Gotta have the cheapest prices in the land, otherwise people won't come. Because that's the reason they came to your restaurant. So does that mean to become rich, you just open a restaurant? That just sells soda. That just sells soda. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Cool. Thanks for listening.